truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. No matter where you're at on this earth, no matter where you're listening from, just know that the power of God rests on you. You hear me? That you are a city taker. And wherever you go, just represent Jesus and give Holy Spirit away because people are dying apart from him. And Jesus is sending you out as his missionary. Well, today's going to be an amazing day. I got a very, very, very good friend of mine uh, who's not just a friend, but he's an incredible leader, a guy I respect uh, out there doing uh, God's work uh, with the ministry that is the hands and feet of Jesus, reaching people where they are at. Uh, I have Scott Free with me today. Scott, how you doing, bro? What's up, my brother? I'm doing good, man, out here in Atlanta. And, uh, man, it's always super dope to see you. You know, I know we're on Zoom and doing a podcast and to hear your voice, bro. And I, I can't lie to you, Mike. Uh, I'm always encouraged after I talk to you, bro, because you're, so, you're, you're such an encourager yourself. You know what I mean? I always feel like, wow, like when you hear somebody else talk about you, you know what I mean? How, <laughs> and I don't hear that much because we're out here on the streets loving on people, encouraging other people. Yeah. And it's rare that someone encourages me. And so I just want to say thank you, number one, for having me on your podcast and just thank you for being an encourager yourself and just for being the light, brother. Like every time we talk, I'm encouraged, bro. Well, that means a lot to know, bro. Uh, yeah. Truly, truly means a lot to know. But uh, I'm, I say it because I mean it, bro. Got nothing but respect for you, the whole City Takers family, the whole Crossover Church family. Love yeah. you guys. Love, love what you guys are doing. Uh, love the heart behind what you guys are doing because it's not just a ministry to do ministry you didn't just find something to do and you just stuck with it it's a call it's a burden for people that i see and and we're gonna get into that so for my audience that 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 may not know you uh let's let's assume that not everyone knows who you are uh tell us a little bit about yourself scott where you're at right now what you're doing yeah, so my name is scott free uh i'm actually born and raised in miami florida a lot of people don't know that and I kind of grew up in the hip hop culture and that came with a lot of like, I don't know, just the whole lifestyle of that. You know what I mean? I was, yeah. I was broken. I was, I was chasing all the wrong things and it just left me empty. And I, I was running from just life and I wound up in Atlanta, Georgia. I had an encounter with Jesus in the year 2000, 20 years ago, and my life was never the same. And so he radically changed me. He radically saved me. He radically delivered me. And I walked away from the old Scott. Hmm. And a couple of years later, after that, he kind of sent me on a mission back into the culture that he pulled me out of. <laughs> and he started to show me who I was as an evangelist, hmm. as a minister of the gospel. And I just been serving people and loving on people ever since. Um, I always I always say early on in my walk with the Lord, I always felt more comfortable like I could be myself outside the walls of the church. I know the yeah. church don't really have walls, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I found myself in different arenas and in different people groups feeling like I had to live up to a certain expectation, you know, and being around different, uh, especially more mature believers. I felt like I had to act a certain way, dress a certain way, even talk a certain way. And when I found myself just around just regular everyday people, especially broken people and the poor and the marginalized, 
I felt like I could just let my guard down and be authentically who God created me to be. And um, so I just started serving in those areas. I felt comfortable. I felt like I'd be me. I feel like I, I felt like I could mess up and nobody would judge me. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody yeah. would, I probably could have cussed back then early on and nobody yeah. would have said nothing. Right. <laughs> Not that I did that. But uh, yeah, man, God just started to develop this heart for people. And he just kind of like showed me through his eyes, you know what I mean? Like what he's seen. Hmm. And he gave me ears to hear, eyes to see. And yeah, so I started this ministry called City Takers. Um, the birthing of that was in 06. It, it got formalized and rebranded in 2010 to City Takers. And we started a, a once a month church service. That was kind of like my my thing with the Lord. Um, I was I was doing outreach, doing block parties, doing stuff in jails and prisons, and and all these rappers were were asking to come with me yeah. and do ministry. And they're like, "Hey, man, we want to be a part." And what I realized was they were really wanting to perform. They weren't wanting to necessarily serve. They were wanting to mm -hmm. be on the stage. Yeah. And I remember it, this is like 2008. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do with all these people? And he told me something and it scared me. He's like, they're like sheep with no shepherd. And my response to God and in that prayer was like, God, they all go to church. They all got pastors. And, and he told me the same thing. He's like, they're like sheep with no shepherd. And wow. the first thing I said is not me, find somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my my agreement, my settlement with the Lord was, all right, God, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it once a month. I'm going to do, you know, I used to do, I used to be in the club scene in Miami. I used to DJ, I used to do all that. So I said, okay, I know how to throw a party. I know how to throw an event. I don't know how to do church, like Sunday morning traditional church, but, you know, you show me how to preach the gospel and I know how to do an event. I know how to draw people into an event. So, so that's what we started doing January 2010. We did our first City Takers Experience event. And again, it was a way that we had a place to invite people to. Mm. And uh, we were doing all the outreaches around the city. People were encountering the Lord. They're like, man, where's your church? Because I had just preached. They're like, where's your church? And I'm like, I go to church, but I don't have a church. And I was like, just go visit churches, find a good church that you could fit into. And 99.9% .9 of the answers were the same. They're like, ah, oh, man, we're not trying, you know, right. not really feeling the church. And I was like, this is a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even guys on my team were kind of like not excited about inviting people to their home churches. And so that's where the City Takers experience was birthed um, out of doing all the outreach. Just, just being, to be able to be a bridge to get people connected to a local body, whether it was, you know, where we were hosting it or anywhere in the city. And so, yeah, we've been doing that 10 years. And uh, we also got uh, different outreaches, one or two different outreaches every single week in the shelters, on the streets and the jails and the drug rehab centers, public schools, college campuses that different urban missionaries lead. So we're having church at least two to three times a week all over the city. And uh, yeah, they all look different. You know what I mean? Some have 20 people, some have 200 people. Um, but they're all, you know, gathering around the word. They're all gathering on mission and they're all uh, loving each other. So Dude, it's a I love beautiful that. thing. Um, not, not everybody even has a home who comes to these churches, but I love it. It's a beautiful thing. And then the city of the experience, we're still doing every last Friday. And then in this season, we actually decided to launch a actual Sunday driven church. 
<laughs> and uh, we, we decided that because even after 10 years of doing the city tickets experience, we knew that we had to take people deeper. We had to take, you know, and we do that in a small scale with smaller groups of people, which is the best way to disciple anyways. But we had a larger group of people that were like not going to church and coming once a month to a city takers event. And we knew we had to give them more. And so we launched Crossover Church ATL. Um, that was our first grand opening service was September 29th of 2019. And it's been we were doing going good, right? three, four months. And then this COVID-19 hits and man, here we are. We got three services every single Sunday online. And you know what, man. honestly, bro, it's been, it's been good though. Yeah. Like, we've been reaching thousands and thousands of people online. That's amazing. And, that's uh, good though. Yeah, bro. A lot of good has come out of it. And that's kind of who we are. So we still run the mission city takers. Uh, we exist to raise up urban missionaries that transform cities through hip hop, loving Jesus. And we do that three ways by loving a city, drawing a city and building a city. Our love a city aspect of what we do is where we go to where the people are. We meet practical needs, love on people, share the gospel, uh, draw cities, anything that we're drawing people to us. Like our last Friday, City Takers Experience, we have a FM radio show, Christian hip hop radio show on 91.5 every Saturday night. Uh, we do stuff online, all kind of stuff that's drawing people to us. Build a cities, our discipleship, that's where the church kind of fits into that. Yeah. And any type of mentorship, leadership development, things like that. So keeps us busy. Um, there's a lot, a lot of need. And uh, we, we live in a huge, big city. It has like 7.5 million people now. I think it's like everybody's moving to Atlanta. Atlanta's the urban Hollywood. And it's popping. <laughs> Dude, so, I yeah, love that's, that's, that's who I am. That's what we do. And I just have a heart to see, you know, the kingdom advance in every aspect of life. So. Yeah, I love what you I love everything about what you guys are doing. And I think the biggest thing that inspires me when I watch you guys and, and how you uh, are growing as a ministry is that you really just found a need. Right. And you saw a need. You saw a, a vacancy right in 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 America. And there's these these pockets of neighborhoods that you realize these people aren't connecting with anybody. They're not feeling welcome in the church. And so. You, it's not that you guys found a, a formula that everybody can follow. You just, you're in a neighborhood, you saw a need, and you did something about it, and you are working within the context of where you're at to get to reach people for Christ. And yeah. I think that that's a beautiful thing because, you know, people may be listening right now and they may, they may be thinking, man, that's, that's amazing. I want to do a city takers, but city takers may not look, it may not work where you're at. Yeah, right. so but, so, I, I tell people this, I, you know, because we get all that a lot. Hey, man, we want to start City Takers here. And I always tell people yeah. that, first of all, City Takers is a mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's a way of thinking. It's not like it's something that we do. It's like, no, I'm not starting a City Takers. I am a City Taker. Hmm. So therefore, the, the mindset shift is ministry happens around a program. That's what that's what we've been taught. You know what I mean? Ministry happens at Sunday at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. at whatever time you have church or city ticket experience happens Friday night at 7.30 p.m. or this happens here. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like ministry isn't a program. Ministry is an overflow of what Jesus is doing in you. So whether I'm at Walmart, you know what I mean? I'm talking to the cashier, like Jesus can minister to her through me, whether I'm, you know, in my neighborhood, whether I'm in my home or at my church, wherever I'm at, 
Jesus, the overflow of what he's doing in me starts to affect and impact other people's life. And that's what a city taker's mindset is. It's about the lifestyle of seeking first the kingdom. It's about the lifestyle of being the hands and feet of the church. Right. And, uh, you know, it's not so much, hey, I want to start something. It's like, right. hey, I want to be something. So let's That's break that down. I, I love that. So let's break that down. So City Takers looks urban because it's in an urban city. Correct. But it may not be right. urban in a Midwestern city. Yeah, or, so I have, a guy, uh, I have a guy, you might know him, Juan Rios. Like, he's one of our missionaries. He's in Peoria, Illinois. Uh, and if you've ever drove to, driven to Peoria, Illinois, and I have, you got to pass through hours and hours of cornfields. Yeah. I mean, he's in the cornfields, but he's a city taker, and he's doing city takers in Peoria, Illinois. Mm. And so, yes, it looks different. You know, because the context is different. The culture is different. The people right. are different. But the gospel isn't different. You yes. know what I mean? Seeking yes. first the kingdom is a Holy that's Spirit. Good. The same spirit that lives in me, lives in him, lives in you. And that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what I get excited about. Because it doesn't have yeah. to look like, hey, you have to do a, a, a hip-hop, Christian hip-hop. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and that's what I, and that's what I, what I think I really wanted to highlight is because I think there's this stigma that people have a misunderstanding of oh they're they're just street ministry team or they're just yeah. uh, urban ministry team uh, you know they're they're kingdom people who are doing ministry in an urban context but that doesn't mean that they're just a urban ministry team that's just where they're reaching people right if if you put them in australia they'd find a way to adapt in and yes. and reach that culture right it's, it has nothing completely, to do and so, and, and so completely that's, and that's we exactly it and it's hard to it's hard to explain sometimes i always try to explain it like this like we are missionaries right we're missionaries to a culture well what is a culture break down a culture culture consists of certain things right it consists of people group and people like to eat certain foods. So culture could be defined by the food they eat. A culture is defined by language that they speak. A culture is defined by the way that people dress. A culture mm-hmm. is defined by music. A culture, and you start to break this thing down. Yeah. And if I was, let's just take in a country in Africa, let's take Kenya, for example, right? Because I've been there. If I was in Kenya, right? I, I, what I would want to do is raise up a Kenyan because they will be able to reach Kenyans better than I can because I'm from a different culture. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so what I will do is I'll try to morph and learn as much about the culture as possible because they tell you when you go on mission trips, you know this, right? Make sure whatever food they give you, you want to eat the food. Right. Right. If you don't eat the food, that's a sign of disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you want to eat the food because you're not trying to disrespect the culture. So you're trying to be inclusive. You're trying to love on them. You're trying to say, yeah, I love this, you know? And so I remember when I was in Kenya, I put on one of those huge dashikis, you know, from one of the handmade, one of the tribal men made it and they loved it. And so I'm like looking like I'm Kenyan, right? And so the whole thing about the urban culture is it's it's really what I grew up in. So I knew it. Right. And so I didn't have to like fake like I wasn't that. But realistically, like God put me in the culture to reach the culture, to put leaven into the culture, right? Yeah, yeah. Put kingdom leaven so that it starts to affect the whole culture of, you know, urban hip-hop, whatever you want, inner city, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's so... Yeah. And that's, and what, and what we just identified right there is a biblical principle. It is, it is, 
uh, people who are infused by the power of God, by the Spirit of God, to uh, transform the world around them by the power of the Spirit. And that that is Amen, that bro. was that was the goal from the very beginning when we were at the Tree of Life. By the way, was to partake of God's life, be empowered by His presence, and go out and 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 fill this world with flourishing human life that that images God. And so, really, Amen. truly, what you're doing is you are people who are who have the spirit of God and who are moving out into the world wherever they're at. And the power of God is moving through you wherever you're at. And yeah, so it looks like street ministry. It looks like an urban ministry team, but yeah. it's because you're in an urban area. And so, and I, yeah, and I, I want to say this too, not because I want people to understand when they're hearing this on the podcast, that the programs aren't bad. We do programs, you know, we do programs every week. But the problem is, is we're all relying on someone else to start the ministry and end the ministry and perform the ministry when that is supposed to be a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen, you know, at one, the outreach doesn't happen one o'clock on a Saturday and end at three o'clock. No, we are the outreach. Yeah, that's good. Outreach has to happen because we're seeking the Lord. We're in his face. And then every time we step out, we're ambassadors. You know what I mean? Like we're 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 the, we're the light of the world. We're a city yeah. set upon it. That's why in the Bible says, "What good is a lamp if it's hidden under a basket?" Yeah. Like we don't, you know what I mean? Hide in the context of our our homes and our buildings. It's like, no, this is who we are. This should be the most public, you know, uh, access that that people have. It's like this is this is who we are. This isn't a private thing. This is a public thing. Yep. And we, we're called to go out and shine. We're called to go out and declare. We're called to go out and not just declare, but demonstrate what life in the kingdom really looks like. That's so good, man. And so to to, to wrap up that point, there's listeners here who they may not be lis- living in an urban context, and they may have looked at street ministry in a certain way. They may have looked at doing outreach in a certain way. And I want to, coming from the Dream Center, I have a, we share common perspective because we worked in same similar areas. You know, I worked, you know, with several outreaches at, in, at the Phoenix Dream Center and working with at-risk youth and stuff. And so we, we share a similar context. And one of the things that I've kind of not been irritated, I guess I could say the word, but not that I, not, not that I'm mad at anybody, but the thing, it kind of rubs me the wrong way is we would work with different churches and and they would always talk about community outreach or street ministry as if it's this separate thing that, you know, some people do well, but, you know, other churches, that's just not what they do. And it, it I'll, t- I'll be honest with you, it kind of always bothered me because what they're saying without saying it is that, yeah, but these, these areas, you know, we don't really want to be the church in these areas, you know, and, and what I think... I think need clarity and needs to be brought when people think about community outreach is it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in the hood. It doesn't matter if you're in a a good neighborhood. It doesn't matter where you're at. We as Christians have an obligation to be community outreach people. And it will look different, of course, depending on where you're at. So I'm glad that we brought that some clarity to that in this episode, because to me, Scott, uh, City Takers is so much more than just a street ministry team. 
whatever, you know, whatever it is, you are kingdom people who are reaching people for Jesus. And it just looks the way it does because that's where you're at. And I want to encourage anybody who's listening to this to define the principle in that, because you may not be in an urban neighborhood. You may be in a great neighborhood, right? You may be in a different type of neighborhood that has different types of needs. You don't stop outreach just because you don't have an urban population. There's still things you can do in your community to reach people. Yeah. I mean, the reality is everybody's the same. Yes. <laughs> you know, the more I travel around the world, you realize like, hey, everybody is exactly the same. Everybody has the same basic needs. You know, we're all born into sin. We all need Jesus. We all need hope. We all looking for peace. We're all looking for truth. And so the reality is it looks different in our context, but the reality is everybody's the same. And, you know, honestly, like if I can just be real, a lot of what people see in their neighborhoods start first in the cities. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, I, I was driving in, I mean, I was up in North Georgia in the mountains and I passed by this truck dealership. I think it was GMC or Chevy trucks. And they parked these trucks, brand new trucks on the street. You've probably seen that by car dealerships. Yeah. And these trucks had 22 inch wheels you know what I mean? Like nice. And we don't even think nothing of it nowadays. That's like, oh, those are nice wheels, nice truck. But 22s used to be like that yeah. all started in <laughs> hip hop culture. You know, yeah. and that started in the inner cities. Yeah. And, you know, it, it eventually makes its way because of pop culture into every neighborhood in the United States. And so <laughs> that's, that's just one cool thing, good thing. But a lot of negative aspects first start in the cities as well. You know sure. what I mean? From drug yeah. culture to... You yeah. just name it, man. The, the popular music. A lot of things happen. Their first birth in the metropolitan major cities, and they start to spread around the United States and literally around the world. And so sometimes focusing, you know what I mean, on a hotbed yeah, and being able to destroy uh, a spiritual stronghold, possibly, you know what I mean, or a demonic authority to, in, in a major city will will stop something from getting into your neighborhood or transform it or turn or, it around yeah exactly it might yeah it might transform it or tra- and, and eventually transform other places so i always I always tell people that too and i think um, so there's a, in a sense there is a from what you've learned is by reaching cities there is also an impact that stretches beyond that out into the outer correct. world correct and sometimes you never see it because it's actually a good thing that you don't see it yeah. Because the, the negative thing that you're stopping in the major cities isn't getting into your neighborhoods. Mm. I can sit here and, and list a bunch of things that people deal with um, in their neighborhoods that are not in cities that started in major cities and made their way out to, you know, to that. Wow. So, so, yeah, there is a good thing about having, you know what I mean, boots on the ground in major cities. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be reaching your yeah. sphere of influence and the people who you're around in whatever uh, city you're in. Absolutely. You're in. Absolutely. And, and that's, and that kind of brings to a point I want to just bring some clarity on. Um, you may be living in a great neighborhood. Great. Uh, it's safe and you, your kids can walk around and your, your neighbors are, you know, successful and all of that. But that doesn't mean that there's not sin in that house. And that doesn't mean that there's not bondage over that house. And there doesn't mean that those people are saved, right? So I think we, as a church, we need to be willing to challenge ourselves to stretch beyond 
you know, filling the the obvious needs like homelessness, poverty, all of these things that are obvious to us when yeah. we see and and see, hey, this may be a nice neighborhood, but what if it's not being reached, right? Is the church active in that community? I think, I think, I would say no. I would, you know, I always say this. Physical poverty doesn't equal spiritual poverty. Mm-hmm. And agree. I think that's what the church a lot of times makes a judgment call. And they're like, oh, well, let's go do an outreach to the poor. You know, and I'm, I'm I mean, we're, if you can see the neighborhood we're in right here. Yeah, like we are in a marginalized, poor neighborhood. So I'm around a lot of people who go without a lot of things, but that does not equate the spiritual poverty. And when people are doing outreach, a lot of times that it's for themselves it's so that they can feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, here you go. Here's this. Here's some water, you know, and, and again, praise God. Like there's a great need. Somebody needs water. Give them something to drink. But if it's for the benefit of making yourself feel better and a lot of people are doing this, you know what I mean? Like, here, let me do, you know, doing it for the the publicity and Instagram fame. And I mean, there's tons of uh, viral videos right now going around Instagram, people handing money out. And that's all great. That's all cool. And praise God for it. But the reality is, like all people who don't have don't mean that they need to be reached with the gospel. There's some people who are more on fire for the Lord, no deeper things of God, walking in the kingdom who have nothing yeah. in life that I've met in my in my that's true my time of being on this earth and walking with the Lord. And what I also want to say is, um, um, and whatever you know, whatever arena you're in, you could be a doctor, mm-hmm. you could be you know work at a fast food joint, you are a missionary to that field, to those people that you're reaching. And a lot of times what happens is people don't even know we're believers in our jobs. We work with people eight, 10, 12 hours a day, and they don't even know we're a believer. And just because they look like they got it all together, doesn't mean that they got it all together. I, I, I would almost rather be in a poor neighborhood, right? With people who will literally spit on, maybe not poor, people who will just spit on you and cuss you out. Because to me, it's like, okay, I know this is not of God. Yeah, I know there's something broken here. Yeah. I know, you know what I mean? Like I've had people do crazy stuff. I've had, I've had witches and warlocks come to some of our events mm-hmm. and put, you know, things and do seances. And I'm like, okay, I know that's not of God. That's right. crystal clear. I'm right. okay with that. I know rather than Someone who looks like they have it all together. Yeah. Come, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. But on the inside, they're jacked up. They're far from God. And so for me, I would rather the first scenario, because I could just see and tell based on, you know what I mean, like the actions and words and heart versus someone who's clothing, yeah. you know, sin and brokenness in righteousness. That to me is a whole different dynamic. That is where you really need discernment. You need Holy yeah. Spirit. But that's a majority of America, I would say. Yeah. And so how much more do we need missionaries on the fields of the nicer neighborhoods, the suburban neighborhoods, you know, a higher class society? We need missionaries in those spheres just as much as we need missionaries down here yep. in the hood. I would absolutely agree. And a matter of fact, 
I would even say, and trust me, I support all of those ministries. Huge, huge supporter of him. So this is not a knock on anybody who's in an urban ministry context at all. Y'all are doing what everyone should be doing as a church. But I would be willing to say that urban neighborhoods are saturated with ministries in a lot of areas who are trying to reach people. And some of these people may be more fruitful in different contexts because that maybe that's not your setting. You know, maybe you're not connecting well there because that's not your setting. That's not who you are, but you probably will connect well in your community, in your neighborhoods. And that's not everybody, but I'll, I'll, man, I think a lot of, a lot of things, first of all, you just got to be yourself. You got to be authentic. You got to be who God's called you to be. You know what I mean? And if, if God said to go there, go there by all means. Right. But I think there, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people and this goes in so many different arenas that are doing things outside of their call for their own reasons and their own dreams and their own desires versus laying down your dreams, desires at the altar saying, Lord, I'm ready. I'm dying to everything. Tell me what you want me to do. What is your dream for my life? Mm. And I think when you walk in that call and in God's dream and God's purposes, that's where you see the most fruit. Yeah. Really. Like, honestly, bro, like, I can sit here and tell you miracle after miracle after miracle of what God has done for us. I'm sitting in a place. I mean, I'm going to, I know we're on a podcast right now, so people can't see, but oh, I'm sitting that. in a facility in a building. Nice. God literally gave um, to you. Senses blessed us with. It's amazing. And buddy showed it to me in 2009. Mm. He showed me a dream and a vision and I wrote everything down in 2009 and I didn't get it till 2020. And guess what? We still don't have it all. But that's okay. I don't need it all. I just need him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the more I walk in obedience to what he says, the more he makes a way. And the more he pushes back the gates of hell. And the more he advances his kingdom. And to me, it's not about buildings, finances. It's all about people. So and if good. my focus, he told, me, he told me this years ago. He said, Scott, if you look after my children, I will look after you. And that's been my ministry philosophy, life philosophy. Let me just look after people. I'm a giver, bro. I really am. I'll give, give, give to where I don't have. But God has never, ever, ever, ever allowed me to be late on anything. And he's always provided and made a way. Now, granted, I don't have the brand new Air Jordans. I don't drive a new car. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, sure. I don't care. Like, I don't care. What I do care about is am I pleasing him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is 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 my heart pure? Is my heart right? Am I leading my family well? Am I serving my family? Am I raising my children right? And the Lord really looks out for, for the rest, you know? Like we literally just there was someone who was hurting and and going without that that we that we heard 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 from. They didn't even ask us for nothing. And we uh went and just blessed them, you know, out of our pockets. You know, amazing, we didn't even tell man. them that. We didn't tell them we bought stuff. I think we said, hey, you know, we got all this extra stuff and we're just, you know, it's going to go bad if we don't, you know, yeah. give it away. And, 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 and that's how God takes care of us. That's incredible, man. I want to be a stream, not, you know, a river, not a lake. Come on. That's good, bro. Love that, man. So let's be life-giving for a second because we know that people are listening and probably are encouraged and some of them are on fire right now because of, you know, uh, just the testimony of, of how God has used you in your context. 
So let's say we have some listeners right now who uh, they 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 may not be in the context you're at, but maybe they're inspired right now. What what would be some steps to practically work it out? Um, yeah. You don't you don't have to start a worldwide ministry right away. It's not going to work. What can you start to do? Like take you take it back to when you began. What yeah, did you? So first you know, of all, first of all, I think first step is this: you're not starting nothing. You don't have a ministry. You have a life. Right. You don't have a ministry. You have a life. And I think that's the first mindset shift that everybody has to get and understand. It's like, no, I'm not starting a business. That's different. You start a business. Go start. You know what? I, you know, I don't even know how you start a business, <laughs> but it's different than what we're talking about. You have a life. Right. And the, and the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, not a not one like him, not a junior high version of him, like the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Mm. That means that same spirit that lives in Scott, that same spirit that lives in Mike. Right. Has raised people from the dead. Love it, man. Like what? Like, therefore, I carry authority in me. Therefore, I carry supernatural, you know, a person in me. And so, therefore, I walk differently. I talk differently. Now, I'm not saying in the physical, like, I need sure. to walk, you know, differently. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I, I, I'm different because he's different in me. Yeah. And every person that I encounter, he loves. Every person I encounter, he created. Every person I encounter he wants a relationship with. And so if he, Holy Spirit lives in me, right? What I want to do is release him to do what only he can do, which is save, heal, deliver, baptize, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I had to understand is early on is I can't save nobody. Scott can't save nobody. The Bible's clear, no man comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them, right? And so there's nothing I can do for anybody except love them authentically with no strings attached. Just love them. And the second thing I could do is share truth, which is the word, right? The word of God, which is Jesus and and his spirit. And so when I'm encountering people, while I'm on this earth, while I'm alive with my life, I'm encountering people. The number one thing that I want to do is share some type of truth. Now that might be something as simple as man, like there's something about you that, you know what I mean? Like you, you carry this, this joy about you. Like I told you, you're an encourager, man, that you're, you're an encourager, bro. Every time I'm around you, I feel encouraged <laughs> and leaving it at that you're releasing Holy spirit. Right into that person or into the atmosphere. And then Holy Spirit does the inward work. And so I might be like, you know, thank you. God bless you. Or you're, you're a blessing. Thank you for being a blessing to me today. Or, or I could go deeper. Maybe the Lord will give me a word for that person. Be like, you know what? Like God told me this and I'll just share the word. Or it's sharing a scripture. Yeah. Hey, Philippians 1.6, be confident in this very thing that he who's Jesus has begun a good work in you. And check this out. We'll bring it to completion today of Christ Jesus. I felt led to tell you that. Have a good day. Peace. And then I leave. And then it's, I mean, it's almost every time. If I have some sort of another encounter with that person, could be days later, could be weeks, months, years later, they'll remember that moment. They don't remember me. They remember the encounter 
that they had with Holy Spirit. They remember the Jesus encounter. That's so good. People say they go to sleep. The Lord is messing with their heart, messing with their mind, waking up in the middle of the night. The Lord is speaking to them. I mean, all kinds of crazy, crazy stories because I've released a seed. You know what I mean? I've released the word into them. And so I think for someone who's just starting or, or, or is feeling what I'm saying, I would say shift the way you're thinking. It's not, you know, a ministry you're starting. It's like the ministry lives in you. Yeah, that's good. And the more you fill yourself up, it's the overflow of what he's doing in you that starts to impact and touch other people. See, if you're if you're on E or you're on a quarter of a tank right now, you're not going to have a lot of impact. You're not going to see a lot of people transform. You're not going to see a lot of lives, you know, coming alive because you're not whole. So the first person you need to focus on is you. So how are you spending your time? What is getting your time? You you got to shift your priorities around and seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the more you do that, the more you're a man or a woman of the word and of prayer, I'm telling you, your your, your, your cup will start to run over. I remember, he's going to show my age, Michael. I remember- um, Oh, don't do it. I was sharing this story with somebody. I don't know, this might be a Miami thing. I remember when gas pumps didn't stop when it was full. And you had to put your wallet in it. <laughs> Bro, used to used to if you didn't stop it, gas would fly out and get all over your hands. Oh wow! I mean, that's those old school gas pumps with the when the number. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like '80s and stuff. I've never seen one of those, bro. <laughs> old school, old school. And so, so if you didn't stop it at the proper time, it would it would overflow. Um, now we got it where they automatically you could put the thing down. You don't got to touch it, and it just flows by itself. But it stops. But that's not how Jesus, see, Jesus don't want us to stop when it's full. Hmm. You feel me? He says, our cup, right, this temple will overflow. And out of our, he says, out of our stomachs will flow rivers, right, of living water. Right? So and good. It's the same living water that if anybody come and drink of it, they will never thirst again. And so we as, as vessels of the kingdom, we as temples of his Holy Spirit, we need to make sure that we're constantly being filled to where the gas is coming out. Yeah, that's getting so good. on other people's hands, getting on, you know, because it's the, it's it's the fuel, right? That that lights on fire. That's He's giving good. me a word for you right now. It's Come the on. fuel that is the combustionable. Right? Is that a word? Combustionable. It is now <laughs> it's the combustion, right? And that's what will light on fire. Good. And the problem is we don't want to get our hands dirty. We want to keep it all inside, but that's not the, that's not the kingdom. Yeah. He says like out of you will flow things. And so some of us are keeping Jesus hostage. Some of us are keeping Holy Spirit encaged. And he's like, he's knocking at your heart saying, no, listen, let me out. And I want to take it a little bit deeper because you hit a point and I want to make sure we don't miss it. Is that new creation happened through a brutal murder. Yeah. Meaning the power of God was released through suffering. So when we talk about our hands getting dirty, dirty, I think many of us are looking for our lives to be fruitful in a joyful way. But sometimes the power of God and the love of God is unleashed into the world through our own suffering. Just like Jesus's uh, release of life to this world was through a death on a cross. So 
I just want to make sure that we're okay. fully understanding what, what what you're saying here, because abiding in God is great, and overflowing with the Spirit is great. But if we miss the element of of suffering and walking at, and living from the cross, I think we miss that power that really comes from a life that is crucified with Jesus, right? And so in our suffering, we experience some of the most fruitful moments, you know, and some of the most powerful uh, uh, experiences of his presence and his spirit overflowing from us in moments of suffering. So, you know, hundred percent. And it it doesn't make sense to anybody in this world. Like you even, even hearing it right now as a minister, it doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. but there's something about it. You know what I mean? Like he even said, we would suffer for his namesake. Well, to me, to me, it makes sense a little bit, but I look at it because the mystery of God, I don't understand fully, but the fact that we're priests of this world, Scott, what would it look like as priests of this world if we were over here in the corner just kind of having the time of our lives while this world is going downhill and experiencing death and suffering and all of that? You know, we'd be priests not on the job, right? Uh, we're the mediators. We're to stand in this moment in between two ages where this world is passing away and people are experiencing death and pain and suffering. Yeah, and, and, and we stand and embrace it because we're priests, we're the royal priesthood, because we're the, the, the leaders and stewards of this world, we do stand and embrace the reality of this world, but we do it in a way for the power of God to come and reflect out of our lives as we do it. So I would, I would say your ministry was birthed through suffering. I would say uh, my own personal testimony and my impact in people's lives was absolutely birthed through suffering and a life of, of anguish and, and stuff that I wouldn't wish on anybody to do. But there's beauty in that. And so if you're listening today, I want to I wanna kind of wrap it up. And I hate when this happens. I always have good conversations and we run out of time. And that's what's going on <laughs> we, right we now. we got to do part two soon. We'll, we'll have to do part two. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to recap. Um, what we heard today is a redefinition of what outreach is. Let's let's kill the stigma. Outreach is not urban. Outreach is not street ministry. Outreach is not feeding the poor. That's a element of outreach, but outreach is being kingdom people in the community that you live in. And it can look urban. It can look street. It can look like wherever you're at. But the purpose is, like John 15, 5 says, to abide in God because I am, Jesus says, he's the van. Fine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So as you abide in Christ, where you are at, the power of God is demonstrated and on display everywhere you go. And now it's your it's your it's your obligation to look through kingdom eyes where you are at now. If there's if there's poverty, meet that need. If there's if there's gangs, go be in the community. If there's drugs, Go help start a, a recovery home or whatever the need looks like in your community. Be on display. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. But don't try to model yourself off of somebody else who did it this way. Be where you're at in that moment and let God use you. And then, like we were just talking about, embrace the element of, yeah, your life's not going to be perfect. Yeah, you may suffer, but that's where the greatest power of love and his spirit is, is demonstrated in this world. Amen. Yeah. I always say, you know, like, again, you are the outreach. I'm the outreach. 
I love it, man. Awesome. I love I love that we I love that the conversation went that way. I had notes. I didn't even use the notes today. We, <laughs> we, we definitely didn't talk about what I thought we were going to talk about. But bad, bro. I apologize, brother. The Lord, nah, the Lord. You know, I think that's what needed to be said. That's what the people needed to hear. And uh, and that's you know, there's a shift happening, and it's happening all around the world. And I think what the Lord is is doing is taking us back to the mission, mm. which is the church. The church is a is the answer to a broken and dying world. It's the church, and we are the church. You know, we are the body of Christ. And, he, and Jesus is coming back for his bride. And it's not about your church, my church, this name, that name. It's it's one church. He's coming back for the church. And we're all a part of that. So when we work together, nothing can stop us. You hear me? Nothing can stop us. So I'm hyped. You got me hyped over here, bro. Amen. Well, bro, I'm honored to lock arms with you, Scott. Um, I celebrate all that God is doing through your life, through your ministry, through your family. Um, we're definitely going to have to have you back for part two, man. But brother, thank you so much for uh, blessing us today. Thanks for coming out and spending some time with us, man. It was great to have you. Yeah, my brother, I appreciate you, man. And listen, no matter where you're at on this earth, no matter where you're listening from, just know that the power of God rests on you. You hear me? That you are a city taker. And wherever you go, just represent Jesus and give Holy Spirit away because people are dying apart from him. And Jesus is sending you out as his missionary. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.